0: the Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Today, beloved of the Lord, we hear one of the most famous excerpts of the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Anyone who has attended any sports event or glanced at the bottom of the cups at In-N-Out Burger will instantly recognize the reference to John three sixteen. Our reading today included not only that famous verse, but the entire account of our Lord's meeting with Nicodemus in John 3 verses 1 through 21. Nicodemus visits our Lord at night, not during the daytime. And the reason, according to St. Cyril of Alexandria, is that he didn't yet know Christ as the Son of God. Instead, he approached Christ at night as though he was a mere man, a mere man who had spoken and done great things. After all, you have to remember that Nicodemus at this time was a member of the Pharisees. He was a member of the very same group that opposed our Lord Jesus Christ and ultimately orchestrated his crucifixion. Nicodemus was different than the rest of the Pharisees, however, in that he came to believe in Christ. In John 7, he spoke out in defense of our Lord, and even later in the gospel, as we sing in our famous hymn Golgotha, Nicodemus brought a hundred pounds of myrrh, aloes, and spices to anoint our Lord's body in his burial. According to St. John Chrysostomus, this is why he visited our Lord at night, because he feared to do so by day. Yet God did not reject him, and Christ still taught him, even though he came to Christ at night out of fear. He came at night out of fear, but the Lord did not reject him. And it's worthwhile here to draw a parallel and to praise the various women in the gospel who showed greater faith than Nicodemus. Nicodemus visited Christ at night because of fear. Peter denied Christ three times at night, and Judas betrayed Christ at night. However, the Samaritan woman she carried out her risky dialogue with Christ while it was noon in the daytime when everyone was watching. The sinful woman came to repent at Christ's feet during the daytime in the presence of everyone who was there watching and judging her. And the myrrh-bearing women came to the tomb of our Lord Jesus Christ very early on Sunday of the resurrection, even though there were hostile guards and a stone in their way. The women in the gospel oftentimes demonstrate even greater faith and virtue than the men, which just might explain why in any given church there are usually more women than men in our liturgical services, and they come earlier. Why did Nicodemus come to visit our Lord at night? His first words to Christ give us a clue. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. It seems as though Nicodemus' motive in coming to Christ was to praise Christ and to learn even more about him. Nicodemus had already heard our Lord's teachings and perhaps even witnessed some of his miracles. So Nicodemus comes at night, and he praises Jesus, this carpenter of Nazareth, and he calls him rabbi and a teacher come from God. For a Jew, these are some of the highest praises that you could give a religious teacher. You know, every religion has its own way of addressing its religious and spiritual teachers, Muslims call their spiritual teachers imams, and Christians call their religious teachers and spiritual authorities father, whether they are apostles, bishops, priests, or deacons. Jews, however, call their religious teachers rabbi. So when Nicodemus addresses Christ as rabbi and a teacher come from God, He is bestowing high praise on Christ. And interestingly, Nicodemus addresses Christ as rabbi here in John chapter 3. But in the very next chapter, John 4, we find the Samaritan woman addressing Christ as prophet. So there is a definite progression here. And once again, the women in the gospel seem to demonstrate greater faith and understanding than the men. But that's neither here nor there. What is important for us this morning is how our Lord responds to Nicodemus or more accurately, how our Lord doesn't respond to Nicodemus. Christ not only ignores the compliment Nicodemus paid to him, but he changes the subject altogether. Nicodemus addressed our Lord, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And our Lord responds, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, Christ did not answer Nicodemus's praise or inquiry. Instead, our Lord proceeded to identify himself to Nicodemus as the only begotten son of God. He told Nicodemus in verse 13, No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven. That is the son of man who is in heaven. Normally, when we speak about a person entering this world, we refer to him or her entering through his or her mother's womb. But Christ's words to Nicodemus imply more than this. He was, of course, born of the holy Theotokos in the flesh. But in his answer to Nicodemus, we see that Christ has an awareness. He has a self-awareness that he is not of this world, that he transcends this world because he came down from heaven while remaining in heaven. By now, we're probably used to thinking about our Lord in this way because we as Christians believe in him as God. But I'd like you to stop today and to really think about how unique our Lord's words are today. Imagine if you were talking to someone out and about in society and that person claimed that he was not of this world, that he came down from heaven while still being in heaven. What would you think? Most likely, you would be very worried and rightly so. But Nicodemus accepts our Lord's words and he begins to believe in him more. Nicodemus came to our Lord at night and attempted to categorize him as a mere man, as a teacher, as a as one, a rabbi who came from God. But our Lord turned his way of thinking upside down and revealed himself as the only begotten Son of God. Not only that, but Christ showed Nicodemus and each and every one of us that we cannot be saved simply by seeking out a great religious teacher and learning from him. Even if we were to do everything the teacher said, it would not be enough. Instead, we must believe in our Lord Jesus Christ and be born again through holy baptism in him. And this is why the church, our mother, gave us this gospel reading today, Because if you noticed in the reading from the book of Acts, it was the story of St. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch who was reading Isaiah, but unable to understand what he was reading. So Philip came and taught him and then baptized him. And the reason why we had this reading from the book of Acts and this gospel reading today is because today is the feast of St. Philip the one who taught, the Ethiopian eunuch. So the church, through the Holy Spirit, arranged these readings in a beautiful way. And the church is telling us that it's not enough for a person to simply pick up the scripture and read or to listen to a great teacher and learn. No, this is not enough for salvation. More is required. And that more that is required is for a person to be born again to be born again through water and spirit, which refers to the mystery of baptism in the Holy Church. The world has witnessed many great teachers who claim to have the answers that we human beings need, but none of them spoke like our Lord. Confucius did not speak like our Lord, Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha, did not speak like our Lord. Muhammad did not speak like our Lord. Neither did any of the other great teachers of the world. Only our Lord spoke as he did, because none of them claimed to be the only begotten Son of God who came down from heaven while remaining in heaven. If this claim is true... Then Christ is the fulfillment of all our hopes as human beings. If Christ's claim is true, then he is the answer to every question. Moreover, if Christ's claim that he is the only begotten Son of the Father who came down from heaven while remaining in heaven is true, then he is the greatest expression of Of God's love for mankind. He said it clearly in that famous verse, verse 16 God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And later on, he said, God did not send his Son to judge the world or to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God's love, therefore, brothers and sisters, is perfectly revealed in our Lord Jesus Christ, who was sent for the sake of our salvation and eternal life. And just how do we attain this salvation and eternal life? Our Lord made it clear in today's gospel in verses 14 and 15, he said, and as Moses lifted up, the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The Hebrews in the wilderness, as they fled from Egypt into the Promised Land, they were saved from poisonous and deadly snakes by looking at the brazen serpent or the bronze snake as it was lifted up. But it was not just looking at the bronze snake that saved them. According to the Book of Wisdom, the Hebrews were saved not only by looking at the bronze snake, but also by believing in God who was represented in the lifting up of the bronze snake. Similarly, all of us, we attain salvation and eternal life by gazing at the only begotten Son of God, lifted up on the holy wood of the cross and believing in him. This is how we attain our salvation, and this is the ultimate expression of God's love for us. If Christ's claim that he is the only begotten Son of the Father is true, then he also is the source of eternal joy that we will find at the end of our journey. Through Christ and his life-giving work, he invites us to share in his own life, to bask in the brilliance of the uncreated light, which shines and emanates from his face. As we pray in the Psalms, turn us, O Lord God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. And elsewhere, may God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that men may know thy way on the earth, thy salvation among all the nations. Christ is everything to us, brothers and sisters. And for this reason, today, we offer him our lives. We offer him our hearts, every part of our being, we offer not only ourselves, but we do our best to bring others to him, because he is the answer to every question and the fulfillment of every joy and hope of all mankind. And glory be to God forever.